Welcome to Veterans Vigil. Today is July 26, 2018. It's been a few minutes since uh, we all chatted. Missed you all. Missed you all, whoever that is listening. I see we're getting a, uh, a slow but steady following. Pretty uh, motivating to have uh, a lot of good folks like yourself out there listening and uh, be on the faith of God and coming to Christ and doing all the good things that we do. So, how's everyone been? I, I can't hear you. I'm hearing you again. How's everyone been? Yeah, a lot of false motivation out there. Come on. All right, on a serious note, um, again, as ever, if uh, anyone out there is really struggling, got something going on, and need someone to speak to, call the Veterans Crisis Hotline. That's the Veterans Crisis Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Dial 1, and that'll get you to a uh, counselor to help you out. Again, that's 800-273-8255. If you don't want to chat with someone you want to text or you want to uh, get on the website, you can text 838-255 or you can go right to the website veteranscrisisline.net. That's veteranscrisisline.net. Go up to the top right corner for a live chat. Bottom line is this, if you're struggling, you're hurting, you're in a bad place, you just need to talk to a live voice or text with someone, go give them a call, get online, go there, go to your, uh, your best friend, your battle buddy, Go to your spouse, go to your mom, your dad, go to your pastor, go see someone, all right? Just just grab uh, just grab someone in your platoon and you know cares about you. If they're going to watch your back in combat, they're certainly going to watch your back, you know, here at home or for some other things going on. So don't don't ever do this alone. Okay, so um, what are we doing today? What's the title? We have uh, A Leap of Faith. going to talk about faith today. It's uh, been in my uh, scripture of the, of the day that I get from the Bible Gateway. I get a scripture of the day every day. And uh, can I kind of go into detail on it? I'm going to use some analogies from our military lives to try to talk about faith and how to, how to build and have that strong faith for God and be a believer. Uh, first, before I go on, I do want to talk about uh, my Bible that I use. So when you're wondering where I get these scriptures from, I'm using the Life Application Study Bible. If you Google that, it'll take you to the uh, shopping uh, tab. And it's $43.99 on Amazon. No, I don't get... They're not sponsoring me. I don't have any sponsors. This is just the Bible that I was actually gifted by a very close friend of mine, a great Christian, a great husband, and just a great man, and also a great soldier. Lieutenant Colonel Al, this is a shout-out to you. Thank you for that Life Application Study Bible. He got it to me in a very tough time in my life a few years ago, and I've been uh, using it ever since. So that's where I'm getting my scriptures from, in case you all were curious. So... A couple other admin notes, excuse the clicking, a bit of an echo, uh, actually uh, building out a room in my house, uh, this is where I'm broadcasting from, room in my house to be an actual professional sound studio, uh, <laughs> bootstrapping it for sure, but uh, I'm going to make the quality of these uh, sound recordings, eventually we're going to videos, and we'll be doing some interviews, I haven't, uh, we're not quite yet at the uh, interview part yet, I have some technical issues we dealt with the last week, and uh, following up with that and having some of those coming soon. Uh, last thing I want to recommend, since I know it's something that a lot of our veterans struggle with, is uh, PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder. It happens for many reasons. I'm not going to go into that. It's not the focus of this uh, podcast, but we are going to talk about that numerous podcasts. Uh, there's a book out there called the PTSD Workbook. The PTSD Workbook, Simple Effective Techniques for Overcoming Traumatic Stress Symptoms. Uh, written by Dr. Mary Beth Williams. I actually know her personally. We go to the same church. It's just 
God's will and, and God loving me <laughs> to have found her at that tough time. And she's a very good Christian woman, but also a very educated woman and has, has been um, counseling uh, men and women with PSD for decades and decades. So check that book out. It's an excellent read. She's, a, she's an excellent counselor and she's a good Christian woman. So hey, God bless us for having someone like that in our, in our lives. Okay, let's get down to it. Faith. Start with the scripture as we should. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says to us, Now faith is the assurance for things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I'll say it again, over. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then a second verse I'm going to read to you is 2 Corinthians 5.7. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, let me start and talk about our military life so we can kind of get a good grasp of what faith really is. I want you real quick, I'm going to ask you a question. Name three things that you had to have faith that you were told to do in the military. It required, in, to some degree, a great amount of faith. Three things. Go ahead and think about that for a second. While you're thinking, I'll throw a couple out there myself that are significant to me. For those of you who've had the, uh, the, the benefit or the great pleasure of throwing a hand grenade, I know when I went to Marine Corps boot camp, that's one of the requirements. We have to throw a live hand grenade. Now think about that for a second. I can't think of a person who has joined the military who has had experience in hand grenades. This doesn't make sense, right? Shooting, yes. You know, physical fitness, yes. Okay, but I don't think anyone grew up throwing hand grenades. So you're told by the drill instructors, hey, here's this ball of explosives that if not handled properly is going to kill you or maim you very badly. But if you're holding that, that bugger in your hand close to your chest and then you extend and throw it from just next to your head and you don't do it right, bad things can happen. Well, how about this? No experience with a hand grenade. I didn't grow up throwing hand grenades. And I'm told to pull the pin and throw that thing, and everything's gonna be good. Spoon's gonna fly, it's gonna go, it's gonna land where I, I throw it in the hand grenade pit, and it's gonna go boom, and good day for us. On a side note, I was thinking when I was uh, preparing this uh, podcast about those drill instructors, those marine instructors, or those 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 <laughs> soldiers who were the instructors during OSIP, who would stand with every single one of those re recruits all day while they're throwing hand grenades. I mean, think about that. When you went to boot camp, you were, you know, 18, 19 years old. And, you know, you have these kids who are in high school, and then a couple months later, they're throwing off live hand grenades. As an instructor, a uh, professional instructor for my day job, that's, uh, that's going to be a stressful day. So, anyway, back to what you have, you got to do with that hand grenade. you got to pull the pin and throw it. How do you know when you pull that pin, it's not going to blow up in your hands? And that's it. Your day's over. Well, you know because the drill instructor said so, and you do what you're told. That's a leap of faith right there. You have to trust in human beings. How about, uh, at least in the Marine Corps, we had to uh, qualify in the rifle out to 500 yards. We had to be able to, be able to hit a man-sized target with an M16, at least in my days, M16A2, iron sights. No optics, no magnification, iron sights. Front sight, post, and the rear sight aperture. And we're told, well, if we put this particular settings on our rifle, if we align our sights properly, if we get proper sight picture, and press the trigger nice, press the trigger nice, get in a great solid 
prone position that we're going to hit our target at 500 yards, 500 yards. But it works. We had to have faith. Now, here's my ultimate, ultimate uh, degree of faith in the military. I mean, for, for my airborne bubbas out there, you know what I'm talking about. So, you got to go jump out of an airplane. A lot of things going on there, right? Let's talk about your parachute. Well, when you're doing static line, especially when you're just going to uh, basic airborne school at Fort Benning, you don't pack your chute. You don't see the chute shed where they, where they do all that stuff, where the parachute rigger shed is. But there are guys and gals back there who are experts in putting together parachutes and maintaining parachutes. And one of the most important things, packing those parachutes properly. When you jump, you get a primary and you get a reserve. You don't know those people. You've never met them. You've never shook their hand, had dinner with them. You've never gone to church with them. You have no idea who these people are. They are nameless, faceless people to you when you're going to go do some static line jumps. But you have to have faith that these people are doing their job. You got another person who's very important in this process, and that's the jump master. Who's the jump master? Well, it's a person, if you have a jumping jump master, who's going to uh, do a JMPI for you, or your jump master parachute inspection. That's the inspection you get once you're all rigged up before you get in a plane and you go jump out of it. Or, as I like to say, as you fall out of it, because that, in essence, is what's happening. So this jump master is really important, too. And when they're jumping jump masters, they'll leave, they'll go off the ramp first or out the door first, and you'll follow them. Okay, so in the military, that's how a parachute rigger and a jump master applies to your life. Who do you think in, in, in our spiritual life, who's our, who's our parachute rigger? Who's the ultimate parachute rigger in our life? I say it's God. God has names in different languages, but God is a faceless person. Sure, we see these drawings of an elderly man flowing here in a beard, because, of course, I believe God has a combat beard. That's pretty cool. But in a serious note, you can't see God, per se, as we believe in seeing people. How do you, it, you know, if you were blessed with your mom and dad throughout your life, how do you know what they look like? Because you saw them. When you're old enough to start remembering things and have a conscious life, you saw your mom, you saw your dad. How'd you know it was mom? Well, my whole life it's been my mom. My whole life it's been my dad. Your brothers, your sisters. In boot camp, how do you know who your drill instructors are? <laughs> they are? They are a breath away from your face every day for three months. Okay? But uh, not so with a parachute rigger. And not so with God. There's not a face, not a person who puts his arm around us like, you know, someone can physically put an arm around us. But they're the person who puts our shoot together and guarantees us that no matter what, now, in real life, in, the, in parachutes and jumping and airborne, you know, bad things happen. Equipment fails. People make mistakes. Does God, does God make mistakes? No. God doesn't make mistakes. But we have to have the faith that he packed our chute perfectly. He put us together perfectly. We were made in his image, in his likeness. He not only gave us a primary chute, he gave us, he gave us a reserve. And combined, I say that primary and that reserve, that, that's our, those are our scriptures. That's what's going to get us to safety if we follow it. Okay? And who's our jump master? What do you think in our spiritual life? What do you compare that to? Who, who are we going to follow off that ramp when that green light goes on? That's Jesus Christ. To follow him, to follow in his steps. To take that leap of faith. To go, to go off that ramp when the green light goes. 
when Jesus turns around and says, follow me, that's literally what a jump master will say. The hand and arm signal, they'll say, follow me. And Jesus is telling us that all through the scriptures. He tells Peter to get off the boat, come to me, walk on the water to me. And Peter begins to do so, but then he gets scared. It happens, we're gonna be scared. It's, it's not a natural thing to jump off an airplane at 1,200 feet. It's not natural. Uh, if it was, God would have given us wings just like the birds, but he didn't. So back to our analogy. God is the ultimate parachute rigger, and Jesus Christ is our jump master. And they're going to ensure that we are going to get to where we got to go. What about the, the air in that canopy? What is that? When you jump out of the airplane, static line, and it pulls your chute out, and it opens fully, and you look up and check your parachute, and the air fills it full, a nice, big, beautiful canopy. It's a good feeling, by the way. That's the Holy Spirit filling you full of goodness, showing you that, hey, it's okay. We're going to get there. We're all doing it together. God packed your chute. God made you. It means you were made in his likeness. You're following Jesus Christ in his footsteps by jumping off that ramp. And here I am, the Holy Spirit, filling your chute full of air to take you safely to the ground. Jumping up in airplanes is, is an ultimate test of faith here in this world as far as military operations. In our spiritual life, believing in God is the ultimate faith ever. But again, as in 2 Corinthians 5-7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We can't see God packing that parachute for us. We know the story of Jesus Christ, so we can imagine what it looked like thousands of years ago. When that jump master goes up the ramp, he or she's gone. We can't see him anymore. We just have to believe that we're going to walk off the same way and good things will happen to us too. And error. You can't see error, but you can see your, your chute. Big, beautiful canopy taking you safely to the ground. That's faith. Can't see any of those things but we know that they exist because we know God's in our life. So how are we faithful to God? In our military analogy, how do we show our faith? Do we uh, go to church on Sundays? Do we uh, you know, read the Bible once a day? Is that showing faith? Do we just say we do? <coughs> Excuse me. So it kind of works like this in my opinion. And this is why I love Veterans Vigil. And this is why I love the path that we're walking together because I spent 23 years in the military and really it's been my life. And I can relate it all to my military life. And for my veterans who are listening, you know as well as I do, it's been our life, whether it's for two years or 20 years. Okay. Just like the Airborne, we have to volunteer. What does that mean? Well, you join the Army, you join the Marine Corps, but I'm going to use the Army. You join the Army, you volunteer once, all right. But you have to volunteer for the airborne. You just don't join the army and say, I'm going to the airborne. You have to volunteer for it. So you volunteer twice. You have to volunteer to be a Christian. Oh, you may say, oh, I grew up in a Christian household. Well, you did. That's fine. But as you become an adult, you have that choice every day to be or not to be a Christian. So you're making that choice. So you're volunteering all the time, and that's great. For as your faith gets stronger in your in your spiritual life, in your Christianity and God and having that relationship with Jesus, you're volunteering all the time. That's a beautiful thing. 
is that you just don't do it once. You do it every single day. You do it sometimes in every decision you make, sometimes minute to minute. You also have to show up for the jump. God's going to ask us to take that leap of faith sometimes. Well, what does that mean? Well, sometimes uh, we may be struggling with something. Say uh, we're, we're, we're posed with a uh, situation that uh, you can go left, you could go right. Left is not good, right is good. Those things happen all the time in our life. We're posed, we're confronted with evil. We are confronted with choices. So we have to show up for the jump and say, you know what? Well, I'm going to show up for the goodness. I'm going to show up for the good stuff because the jump is good. It can be scary. I know, <laughs> I know more than one or two fellows uh, in the military, and they say, uh, yeah, all my jumps are night jumps. Well, why is that? Because they close their eyes every time going out. Not the best idea, but hey, it's okay. We, they showed up, and that's what matters. We have to trust God that he is our ultimate parachute rigger, that he packed our chute, he packed our reserve, and that every, all the risers and everything's good, all the straps were inspected, everything down to the last detail are good to go. But you know what, though? He, he, he's doubling down. He gave us Jesus Christ, who's going to lead the way, who became God in the form of man. I'm sorry, became man, was God in the form of man, and walked the planet, walked the earth for us. And we have the scriptures in the New Testament showing us how to lead that life here on the, this earth. So we have the ultimate parachute rigger and we're the ultimate jump master. We have to follow them. As Jesus walks off that ramp for that jump, sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't, <laughs> you may have some clouds and you're going to lose your jump master immediately when they go off. You may not actually have your eyes on the DC. You're just going out the door or going off the ramp. But you have to have that faith and you have to follow them. You have to allow the air to flow into your canopy and fill it full of goodness. How do you do that? You read the scriptures. You need to sit and be still and listen. Will you hear an audible voice like you hear mine right now? No. But you, you feel it. You feel it in a good spiritual way coming to you. On the way down, you know, important thing to teach you uh, jump school and during sustainment before every jump is to watch out for hazards. What kind of hazards are out there? But you have other jumpers you can run into. Either you can walk their parachute or they can walk on top of yours. That's a bad day. You gotta watch out for trees, power lines, or any following on the DZ. The DZ is a drop zone. Sorry for those of you who didn't fill you in on that. But not airborne folks. Let me tell you a little story, kind of unrelated, but it's a funny story. We were in uh, Kenya uh, a few years back doing a training mission with the Kenyan Rangers, and we did a uh, a, a jump with them and we were in America C-130 flying in and as we're approaching the DZ uh, getting close um, the uh, one of the air crew up front passed a message to one of the jump masters on the, on the bird and they, everyone passed it to the next jumper in front of them and the message was watch out there's cheetahs on the drop zone and I'm thinking and we're jumping slick all we have on are our, our, uh, our BDUs our boots a helmet and our Parachutes, obviously. I don't have a gun. I don't have a knife. Maybe a pocket knife, but hey, I'm sorry. The fastest land animal on the planet. I don't think I'm going to do a lot with a uh, with a spider coat. So yeah, cheetahs on the drop zone because we were jumping. The game. I was a uh, Kenyan game park that we were jumping into. And I, granted, it very well probably was a joke on the pilot's part. Haha, <laughs> funny Air Force. Thank you. But um, yeah. 
That's a hazard, I would say. But back to God and, and, and what we have to look out for. You know, even though we make the jump, even though we, we have the faith and we follow Jesus off that ramp, and, you know, we look up and we get that good solid canopy with the, the Holy Spirit filling, up, fill, filling that canopy full of air, like he fills us with goodness, we still have to watch out for those hazards. It's still incumbent upon us as a Christian to watch out for those hazards. And they come at you, not always in that little, you know, little devil with the horns, that little tight suit on, right? Sometimes they come at things that, that don't look hazardous. But we have to watch out for it. We have to avoid that at all costs. And that's a good thing is God gives us the capabilities. He gives us the armor of God. Like in Ephesians, he gives us an entire suit of armor, head to toe. He gives us a sword and a shield to protect ourselves. All right. Sometimes in a real jump, the winds are going to take you, and you do your best. It's hard to fight, and you still end up in the trees. But in spiritual world with God, he gives us the armor to fight that and to stay true and to keep our faith. So remember that. I mean, we literally, on jumps, we have to wear a protective helmet. Okay? And in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, by the way, Armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 24, excellent, must read. Sometimes I read it every day. But we literally wear a helmet, and in Ephesians six seventeen, a helmet of salvation. Think about that. Salvation. Well, if I bump my head on that jump when I'm laying on a rock and I have my helmet on, yeah, that's, that's probably going to save my butt and do me justice. So what happens when we land? What, you know, what's going on with this analogy? So what does happen when we land? We're out, we're on the ground, and you know we do a proper PLF, a parachute landing fall, and hopefully we don't break our ankle. All is well with a soft landing. I think if we keep our faith, it's a good soft landing, and we're protected. We gather up our gear, just like in a real jump. Head back to the uh, rally point and meet up with the rest of the jumpers, or our brothers and sisters in faith. And we celebrate and we thank God for what a what a what a great jump that we had, and that you know what. With that, with that brotherhood, with that sisterhood, we're amongst other jumpers, i.e. other Christians. And we can celebrate and we can move forward because we know we're doing it together. And we're not alone. That's, that's, that's one of the beauties. So faith. It's like our obedience to God, like when jumping, it brings us safely to our destination because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get somewhere. Now, this is different for everyone. And I think this would be a great podcast down the road talking about our destination, where our destination should be, and et cetera, et cetera. But it's going to be different for everyone. But our spiritual destination is where? Why don't we start with that? It's like in the military, backwards planning, right? We don't start with just um, what time we're leaving. We actually do the reverse planning. We start with what time we have to be on the objective, and we backwards plan from there. Well, where do we want to be spiritually? Because if you're just thinking about your spiritual life as it applies from birth until your death, then you're very short-sighted. Think about, okay, you know the ropes, the obstacle course we climb up, or a rope in a tug-of-war, or a climbing rope? Just think of a really long rope. Think of a 110-foot rope. And at one little end, a lot of them are, the climbing ropes are capped, and there's a little red or green, I think they're designated by what kind of rope it is. There's a little cap in the end. So if you have a 110-foot rope and there's one inch on one side capped and say it's a red cap on it and you have the other 110 foot, so you have 109 feet and 11 inches of rope, that little red cap is pretty insignificant, isn't it? 
Now pretend that 110 foot rope doesn't end though. Just pretend you just you can't see the end. You can't see the end. That 110, that infinite 110 feet, let me be more specific, that infinite 110 feet, I, the rope that never ends, that's eternity. Let me say again, that is our eternity. That little red cap in the end, that little one inch, that's your life. Even if you live to be a ripe old age of 105 years old, that's your life. Just that little piece in the end. And the rest of that rope that never ends, that's eternity. So, let's get back to backwards planning. Think about your days on this world compared to your eternity. I think we need to start planning, backwards planning from where we want to be, what our destination is. And that's eternity. Because if we plan our lives, if we plan accordingly, is basically we need to look at this life like a mission, like we did in the military. We need to start with our objective. And that OBJ, the objective is eternity. How do we get there? What is our timeline? What do we need to do? Not in, the, not in the, the sense that some religions talk about, oh, do this, do that, you get to heaven. I mean, how do we follow God? How do we honor God? How do we follow the scriptures? How do we walk in a path like Jesus Christ? So, that is faith. And it, I don't want to say it begins with faith, but I think faith is a pretty, pretty darn near important thing as far as our spiritual life goes. All right. So, let me ask this question. Let me ask this question to some of you. What is keeping you from your faith? What's keeping you from making that jump? What's keeping you from volunteering for the, volunteering for the airborne? What's keeping you, maybe you volunteer, you get rigged up, GMPI, get on the bird, get at altitude, 30 seconds, green light, follow me, and you freeze. It's what we call a jump refusal in, in the Army. That's a no-go. What's stopping you, though? What, 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 what's holding you back? You scared of something? Is there something happening in your life that is preventing you from getting your faith stronger or even having faith in the first place? Are you listening right now? I mean, if, if you are, if there, if there is a person who does not consider themselves a Christian right now, first and foremost, I welcome you and God bless you for coming out here and listening. Because you have a home here. Everyone has a home here. Veteran or not, doesn't matter. We are, again... We are here about honoring God and putting God at the center of our life. So if something's preventing you from getting there, what is it? You scared? You have money problems? Marriage issues? You get in trouble with the law at work? Are you about to be court-martialed for something you did? Are you not enjoying your military life? Is there an addiction you're struggling with? Drugs? Booze? Gambling? Sex? What's going on? Do you think these things are a blockade at all? For bringing you closer to God? Because maybe you were taught that, well, if you do that, you're a sinner, so therefore you have no place in eternity? Because that's not the case. Maybe you're struggling with some health issues. Maybe your faith has been rocked by a serious health issue. Not that I can understand. Maybe your faith is rocked because you lost someone close to you. Maybe you're struggling with some stuff from the war. Maybe you have survivor, survivor's guilt. None of these things are blockades unless you allow them to be blockades to your faith and your relationship with God and Jesus. We choose to let that happen. I cannot explain. I'm a human being, so I'm not going to begin to explain why little kids get cancer, why we lost some friends in war, why I saw the things that I saw. I'm not going to begin to explain those things and, and listen to some of the people, the detractors of God and the Christian faith and say, oh, how, how could, if there was a God, how can he allow it to happen? I can't explain all of those things. I haven't been to seminary school. I am not a, a pastor. 
I'm a veteran and I'm a believer. And I'm making it through this world because <laughs> this is this we are on the ultimate patrol of spiritual life, battling all sorts of enemies, ambushes, and IEDs along the way, so we can get to eternity. Eternity is the objective. But except we're not going to show up and have to do bad things to bad people. We're going to show up and the gates are going to open and we're going to be welcomed into a place that I, for one, I can only imagine, like the song says. I can only imagine. Okay? But none of those things, none of those things are a blockade unless you allow them to be. You don't have to let a marriage or a family marriage or a marriage that did fail detract from your faith. In fact, these things... If you read the scriptures, if you allow yourself to understand and hear God, get a good Bible like I talked about, like the one I use, so you can understand what the scripture is saying and how it applies to our life here in this world. Because it is a leap of faith. Trust that God, the ultimate parachute rigger, put everything together just perfectly. Trust that God, uh, Jesus Christ, the ultimate jump master, inspected our gear and when he walks off that ramp, we follow him right in his footsteps. We'll be good. And we trust and we look up and we see that big full canopy. That's the Holy Spirit filling us full of goodness. That's faith. How do you get there? Because, you know, we, <laughs> you know, we need, you know, we need that, uh, a guidebook. We always have guidebooks in the military that tell us, I mean, start boot camp and tell you to brush your teeth. How to, how to clean your how to clean your armpits, etc. Up to how to how to put together and take apart a F-18, you know, fighter jet. The ultimate guidebook is that Bible, and that's where you begin. Next thing I recommend if you're not ha if you don't have first get that Bible. Second second thing is you find a life giving church. What is a life giving church? In my opinion, it's a place where you can walk in right after PT and your PTs, and people smile and they hug you. Despite how you smell or how you look, I know this sounds very on the surface, but to me it, it makes a point. Or it could be a place you walk into where everyone does dress up. But the bottom line is it's a place that you walk in and you find fellowship with brothers and sisters. You find a pastor who is teaching the scriptures, not some man-made, human, fallible type teachings, but is teaching the scriptures and the premises of the scriptures to you and helping you apply it to your life. And when you have brothers and sisters and they're left and right, just like the military, just like having battle buddies that are right there with you, that's a life-giving church. You find what works for you. I can't tell you what works for you. I'm not going to talk about how I grew up in my faith. I'm going to talk about my faith today. But that's up to you to find that place. If you find that your church is not a life-giving church and you, you see some things that aren't, go, that aren't good there, get out. You get that hanky feeling, the hairs in the back of your neck standing up. Don't stay just because oh, i got to go to church. You can find another church. You can find fellowship elsewhere. Now they have churches online. I don't think that's the best. I think the best is to be at church on Sunday or whenever you may go. I think the best is to be with a, with a flock full of brothers and sisters. But there's your guidebook right there. Get that Bible and study it and read it. And get yourself into a church and find yourself fellowship with, with good brothers and sisters. You'll get there. Remember, there isn't a single problem or a single issue, or a single ailment that God cannot help you with. Now, I'm not saying, oh, you know, you have some horrible health issue that God, is, boom, and immediately it's just going to be healed and perfect. It doesn't work that way all the time, all right? 
I do say pray about it. I do say have faith in it. Nothing that he can't help you get past. You know, we have a lot of brothers and sisters who lost limbs in this war the last, I don't want to say, yeah, almost 17 years. Uh, a lot of limbs lost out there. To my knowledge, not a single one of them has grown back a limb. It doesn't work that way. We're not like a lobster. We can't regenerate our limbs. But guess what? Did God get them through it? Do we have the best prosthetics that we've ever had now? Do we have brothers and sisters out there who are not letting their injuries stop them from living their lives? There are stories upon stories upon stories, and I'm going to interview some of those folks who have overcome those, what many look at as debilitated injuries, but they're living a fruitful, great, blessed life because they allow God into their life. They know that, hey, a missing leg, two missing legs, arms, is not going to stop them from living a fruitful, beautiful life. There's so nothing that God can't get you through. You need that faith. Okay? You need that faith. And you need to build it through reading the scriptures and being just completely immersed with the word. You need to be still. What does that mean? Okay, growing up, I'm glad I grew up in the 70s and the 80s because if it was later, they probably would have said I had, I had ADD and they probably would have, would have wanted to put me in Adderall, whatever that, that stuff is. I don't believe in that. All right, I was very restless. Why? Because I was a little kid. I had a ton of energy. <laughs> I loved to be outside and do stuff. All right, my, my beautiful seven-year-old daughter is the same way. She, she will not sit still. She loves to be active and doing things. I love it. It's just, it's such a, she's such a blessing, and it's a blessing to have a child who's healthy and, and, and cannot sit still. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, I am to a degree. Sometimes you need to, to take that security halt, take a knee. You need to be still in your physical body, and you need to be still in, in, in mentally, spiritually. If you do it through meditation, that's a great idea. Or listening to music that is very soothing to you, can relax you. But when you're still, you allow God and the Holy Spirit to come into your life and help guide you. Because we have problems sometimes. And the more that we try to solve those problems that are ahead sometimes, sometimes we just get confused and confused and confused. And it's like trying to be in a conversation with six other people when everyone's talking at the same time and no one's listening. That's what it feels like when you're trying to solve a problem. Take that security halt and be still. And allow God to come into your life and allow him to help you solve that problem. What else do you need? You need to be patient. To God, a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years. You need to be patient. You need to be patient. I know we, <laughs> as, he, as our subsequent generations have gone on and the way, you know, the, the technology works and our world works and instant news and instant coffee and instant everything, we expect things yesterday, okay? It's tough. And especially when we're in a tough spot and we have some tough things to deal with and get through, we get very impatient. One, let's go back to the last point, be still. And let's go back to the original point, get yourself a Bible or get back into your Bible and pray. Find scriptures. Get a notebook just to journal with your scripture. I journal every morning now. It has helped me immensely in so many ways. Have faith, be still, and be patient. And know that God is there with you. Don't forget for we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Not easy jumping off that ramp. It's not. 
But if you know your scriptures, you know God's with you. You know Jesus is the ultimate jump master, and you can follow him off that ramp. You're good. Have faith. Everyone, don't forget, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, what's going on, God's are with you. I know we can't see that, like in the paintings, we can't see that old man with the flowing hair and the really cool combat beard, but he's there. Have faith. Okay, that wraps up today, July 26th, a leap of faith. Don't forget, tune in. We're going to be getting interviews up here soon, and eventually this is going to be an everyday thing. Apologize right now, it's not an everyday thing, but we're going to get there very soon. I want to do this every day. This is a passion for me. I love my veterans out there. But don't forget, if you're listening, you're not a veteran, it doesn't matter. Everyone's welcome here. We're all, we're all sons and daughters uh, of God, and we're all made in His image. So we're all the same, and we're all trying to get to the same place, the ultimate destination of eternity. Let's just... Uh, Let's let that uh, destination of eternity, let that, let's let that uh, take its natural course, and let's not do anything about that ourselves. Do you understand me? So as I wrap up, just like I begin, if you are struggling, especially if you're feeling that you want to get to your eternity sooner than later uh, by your own hands, put that bottle down, put that firearm down, put the keys down in your car, whatever you're thinking of, put that bottle of pills down. Don't, don't, okay? It's not up to you. Whatever it is that you're, whatever it is that's hurting you, making you feel the way you feel, is a place to go. Veterans Crisis Line is 800-273-8255. Dial one; they'll get you to a counselor. Again, that's the Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255, or you can text 838-255 if you want to be a little more impersonal. You can also go to the their website, VeteransCrisisLine.net. That's the VeteransCrisisLine.net. Go to the top right of that homepage, and you'll see the uh, live chat where you can get a hold of someone online. It's open 24 hours a day. Uh, it's uh, advocated by the, the DOD, and the uh, it's funded by the, the U.S. government, by the uh, Department of Health and Human Services. Now that you're there, uh, go somewhere. If you, you don't want to do that, you want to go talk to your pastor, I highly encourage you to talk to your battle buddy, talk to your best friend, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, a brother, a sister, or a cousin. Uh, just someone in your church you kind of know by sight and you see them. You have a counselor you can go to. I mean, there's a litany of places you can go. You're not alone out there. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you saw. It doesn't matter what you went through. It doesn't matter how, how hard life is, how addicted you are, how many mistakes you've made in your pro pro professional or personal lives. It doesn't matter. Don't forget, Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we can have that eternal salvation get to the ultimate destination, the ultimate OBJ. All right? God did that for us. God did that for us. You're not alone. All right, that wraps up today. God bless you all. This is Veteran Vigil. We love you all. God bless you all. Out here.